Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise base in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God and his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are boasting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed by God specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with us, leaving a write-up of it in the comment section. Or you can send it to us via email at contact at pdjministries.org. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. The Holy Ghost pushed away the law to make way for grace. So that grace shall come. Now the Bible says when Jesus came out and the disciples came, entered the, the tomb, the Bible says that his clothes were nicely arranged. What covered him? They had nicely arranged it. My question is, who arranged it? Who had time to, to fold it and put it down? Okay, if that one was folded, shouldn't Jesus be naked outside? Where did he get close to where? Where did he get priests? This one confirms what we are read in chapter 6, chapter 7. His priesthood came out of what? The resurrection life. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he was clothed as a high priest. He was clothed as a high priest. Now, until he wears old, until he wears the apparel of a high priest, he cannot enter the holiest of holies to go and show. Do you get it? Because it is only the high priest clad in the high priest apparel that can take the blood to the, the place. So Jesus must be clad as a high priest. So when Mary Magdalene saw him, he wanted to touch the, the garment, the foundation of the priestly garment. Jesus said, touch me not. But you see, when he went and came back that day, they were able to touch him. Not the following day, that same day. Because Jesus left around 5 a.m. to heaven. Then he came back and that evening they were in the temple and he went there to see them. Now when he was leaving, he said, now I go to your father, to my father, your father, my God and your God. That was a foretaste, a teasing bit of the covenant. Because when we read on, he said, I shall be their God and they shall be my people. It was only when Jesus was raised from the dead. So now Jesus had to go and present his own blood to the father in the heavens. In the true heavens, the holiest of holies. And now present himself as the sacrifice. So he took his blood and himself. And he went to the father. He presented the blood. And he presented himself. And the father received his blood. And received his person. And said, yes, you qualify. And because you qualify. And because your blood is accepted. The face of all the world has been atoned. Can you see? Not the sins of Christians. Because there was, there was nobody called Christian. It was the world. 
So the sins of the world had been atoned. That is why nobody is going to hell because of sin. Sin has been atoned. Now, after sin had been atoned, all we have to now live by is faith in the one who atoned for our sins. That's all. That's all. Jesus cautioned her, Mary, don't cling to me, for I haven't yet ascended to God, my Father. And he's not, he's not only my Father and God, but now, that's what I'm talking to you about. Because in the Old Testament, nobody dared to call him Father. He only told them about the model of prayer. When you pray, say, our Father. He was the only one that was praying that had access to call the Father, the Father. But now, and the Bible is replete. It says, now. Now. He is your Father and your God. Now go to my brothers. Oh, 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 oh. And tell them that what I have told you, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. When the covenant happened, oh, he became our Father as well. He said, therefore, by the Spirit, we call him Daddy, Daddy, Abba Father. And I told you, that was the only portion of Scripture where the Hebrew and the Greek were put together. <laughs> Abba is Hebrew. Father, Pata. So, Abba, Pata. But in a true sense, it has a connotation. It means it's more than Father. <sighs> you know, when you give birth, the first time your child will call you Daddy or Mommy, that feeling. You know, the first time you hear Mommy, hey. He said, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father. Oh, we have received the spirit of adoption. Can I explain to you? The spirit of adoption is the spirit that placed you into what we call sonship. Adoption is placement into sonship. Can you see that? Hmm. What is it? I told you about the technos. You, he places you into that realm of God's family. Please, you can't come to my house and call my father passionately daddy or father like I will call. Because you don't belong to the family. You can call him father, but there's so much. I can call him casually. Hey, Eja. Hey, Olu. Oh. But you dare not come to my house and call him Olu. Because you don't be, you are not a family member. You can even be an extended family member. You are not a new class. You are, you are not immediate. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not extended family of God's household. We are immediate. Nuclear. Ladies and gentlemen, my question is, look at me carefully. What if what if Jesus did not complete fully all the things he was sent to do and the Holy Ghost lost sight of it and Jesus went to heaven and now presented his blood 
He has finished everything. He's gotten to the final stage. The final stage of the acceptance of the world. Now when I say the world, even people who are not born today, even those that will be born in the next 3,000, 5,000 years, if it is possible, his death and his blood covered for them. So what if he now went to the father and the father says, you didn't judicially finish everything. So you are rejected. Do you know what it means? He must come back again as a new lamb and come and suffer again. Go through all the ordeal, all the pain until he finished. That is what I'm telling you. You are saved not because God just loved you. He loves you in a way. But you are saved by his grace through the faith of his son who completed the works and for him as well he would not have been raised from the dead if he had not on judicial ground finished everything he was assigned to do in other words if whatever he did did not atone for all sins but some sins even if he cleared every sin and left just a little one, he would not have been qualified to atone for our sin. Reason why you must understand what this man came to do. And listen to me. For the very first time, the Holy Ghost who has been his body body was separated from him to actually be an inspector watching everything Jesus was doing because you see the sins of the whole world must be put on him so the Holy Ghost was watching to see if indeed every sin all sins were put onto him and as the Holy Ghost watched because the Bible says that for the Holy Ghost was unto us a witness a witness of everything that Jesus went through reason why the Bible says that if you can speak against the Son of Man, you shall be forgiven. But if you speak against the Holy Ghost, you shall not be forgiven on this earth and the life to come. I think I taught you that one. You speak against the sufferings of Christ. You speak against his redemption. You speak against his righteousness. You speak against his burial. I am just, I am just Allow me to say, afraid for people of ignorance that talk anyhow. Jesus doesn't have a problem, but the Holy Ghost does. That's what the Bible says. The Holy Ghost has a problem. Jesus said, You can speak against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven. Now remember, he didn't say the Son of God. He said, The Son of Man, he said, It shall be forgiven. But if you don't know and you speak against the spirit, he said, you shall not be forgiven today nor in the next life. Nor in the next life. That is why people and you too, you must help spread this truth to people. Otherwise, this law will end people up. Look at it. If anyone speaks evil of me, the son of man, he can be forgiven. But if anyone speaks against the Holy Spirit, 
it will never be forgiven. Now or forever. Why? For you to speak against all, all the things he went through, it is for you to say the Holy Ghost did not do his job well. Jesus didn't die. You will say he died. Jesus was not buried. You said he was buried. Jesus did not resurrect. You said he was resurrected. Jesus has not forgiven all sins. You said he has forgiven all sins. Jesus has not given any benefit. You, say, you know, of course, what exactly, what, what else do you think you know about the Holy Spirit to go and say about the Holy Spirit? Don't speak against what you don't, don't talk about what you don't know. Don't. Do you think it was easy for the Holy Ghost to see Jesus go through all that? And keep record of everything. And today when he tells you that all your sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future, you dare out of ego and ignorance say, I don't believe that all my sins are forgiven. You are making the Holy Ghost a liar. Because he was the, he's the one that wrote all these things in the scriptures to tell us exactly what has happened. And you are using your small school education. Do you know why I don't read some of the other Bibles that some pastors read? The book of Enoch and all those things, etc. I don't read them. Because since I started working with the Holy Spirit, he has never told me to go seek for them. My work with the Holy Ghost is not on scholastic knowledge. It's on spiritual knowledge. Those books, yes, you can read them for history. But it, they, okay, what you have, have you finished? You haven't finished. Now you're going to look for the book. You, people are saying they, are, they, didn't, they have hidden some things. Who can hide the word of God when the original owner, when the writer is in you? Is it not the Holy Ghost that wrote the Bible? Yes, sir. Through men? Yes, the Theonistos? Yes, so what? Men hate the Bible. You know what? I don't even need to get the Bible. He can put the word in me. In fact, the word is already in you. Can you see that? See, if it has to do with scholastic knowledge, me, I can't hold the mic because the things I know is not school. If you are with me, you will know how I study the Bible. You can ask her. For me to be deceived is for the Holy Ghost to be deceived. You are now a mingled spirit. You don't get it? Whose mind do you have now? <laughs> so you allow a Muslim to come and take a Bible and talk to you and say, I, know, I even know the Greek more than you. I also know the spirit more than you. A Muslim or any other person who is not Christian will tell me he knows the Bible based on scholastic the letter. That's all. That is why you must know the spirit. Because sometimes if you don't know the spirit, then they will deceive you. They will say to a point where you remember the video I put on the page? The Muslim and the... Yeah. Do you see the, the, the disposition of the lady? Because everything that the Muslim was saying looked right. 
true. The Bible hasn't mentioned anywhere that Jesus emphatically, word for word, said, I am God. You can't see it there. Just like the Bible has emphatically and, you know, not said, this is your grandfather. Can you see it? The Bible never said Jacob's grandfather was Moses. But the Bible said Abraham begat and this begat. Now if this begat and begat, who is this? So if the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh, who is the word? Do you see the difference? Yes, this is understanding by the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Hebrews. Study. Hmm. Listen to the messages. Oh. Hmm. Today, mommy was listening to the message on the, the power of attorney. And I was hearing some of the things. I said, wow. I said, wow. After preaching it, oh, I'm saying, wow. Do you know what it means? I'm just like a pipe. Oh, the thing is coming out. When I'm done, me too, if I don't go and listen, there are things you think I know. I don't know until I go and listen. And I catch more revelation. Any man of God that thinks he knows too much, that's the beginning of pride. We make mistakes as we are speaking. Hmm? There are, we make mistakes both in the spirit and in the physical. We are not able to say a lot of things as we, are, we ought to say. Sometimes the vocabulary is not there to say. But when the Holy Spirit is done and you go back and listen, they begin to gain more. A lot of revelations I get are after I'm done preaching and I'm listening. Then I hear for myself, I'm like, wow. I say, this is deep. What I want to tell you is that the Spirit of God goes far more beyond words. If you are somebody who says that I have listened to this message, okay, now look at it. He said, now look, the day will come declare the Lord. When I will satisfy the people of Israel and Judah by giving them a new covenant. What is this covenant? Let's go on. It will be an entirely different covenant than the one I made with their fathers. Oh. Oh. So the covenant was not actually made for the people, the current guys. It was made with their fathers. So they were suffering. They were suffering from what? <laughs> it will be an entirely different covenant than the one I made with their fathers when I led them by their hand out of Egypt. For they did not remain faithful to my covenant. You cannot remain faithful. You want to be faithful to, you want to be, have a covenant with the God? You will break it all. Now you're the one between you and your friend. You went into a covenant with Quick Loan. It was just a one month covenant. You said, Give me this money. At the end of the month, I will give it back to you plus what you want. It was a covenant. Now they are begging, they have to threaten you. 
you, you, this covenant you are breaking. Now I'm talking about men that you can see. Eh? You can collect your, your friend something. When, when it is time to give to your friend, you can see. You say, hey. How much more God? That you can see. You know when you are looking for money or things, your mouth is different. For they did not remain faithful to my covenant. So I rejected them, says the Lord of God. For here is the covenant I will one day establish with the people of Israel. Say here is the covenant. Now let's look at the content. I will embed my laws within their thoughts and fasten them in their heart. Why? In the Old Testament, the law was engraving on stones. So they had to look at it. Remember, the Baba. But here, God is not putting his laws on stones. He's putting it in their Can you see that? And in their thoughts. So the day you become born again, the word of God is already in your heart. It is already in your thoughts. How does it come alive? You use this magnet to pull it. The more you are reading, I think I told you that, I've taught you that, the soul, spirit, and body. The more you get into the word of God, the more what is in your spirit begins to come out. And the destination is your soul. It's called renewing of mind. And when it is renewed, it produces an explosion, boom, out of your body. The word of God is already there. It's already in your heart. But the power of the word is in your reading of the word, hearing the word. Can you see that? And talking the word. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word. The first hearing is when you hear from God. The second hearing is from you. You must talk the word and hear. The first hearing is what you've heard the God has said. The second one is when you pick the word. That's why sometimes I will say, say this. Because I want you to say it and hear it to yourself. That is what produces faith. Because you can be listening to me and be doing this. But when we are done, there's nothing registered. So it means you finished the meeting and there was no faith. Can you see that? Oh, the laws within their thoughts. And fasting them on their heart. God will do it. I will be their loyal God. And they will be my loyal people. You should be asking yourself a question. These people were the people that messed up. Why would, how would they become loyal to God now? This time around. How is he going to do that? How is he going to do that? For it is God. Who worketh in us, both to do and for his good pleasure. He's working in you to become loyal. He'll keep working in you and working. Yeah, you'll be making mistakes, but he will keep working inside of you. Because he had promised it is him. He will do it. Now the Bible, you see, the Bible says that he has given us all things that pertains to godliness and what? And life. So everything you need for this life and for godliness, he has already given you. 
and it is part of the covenant statement to make you a loyal people okay if you don't get it that is why it was by himself that he chose you can you see that in the old testament they didn't have that privilege the law has to be written in books so they can have it the torah and memorize it and memorize so what if you miss one What if you miss one? So here, God is not taking chances. He is not asking you to go there and memorize the law. Everything that he wants you to memorize, he has already put it in your memory, in your, in your thoughts. And he has already tied them in your heart. In David's time, he said, thy word have I hid in my heart. David himself hated the word in his heart. That he will not sin against thee. But in our time, we are not doing that. The word has already been tied. By who? Me? No. By God. That's the difference. Now, the summary of the covenant is what God is doing on your behalf. The summary of the old covenant is what they were doing to please God. In the new, in the new covenant, what God is doing with us and for us, through us, by us, with us, by, for us, in us, what he is doing. He is the one doing it. Now you realize that the language in the new covenant is different from the language of the old covenant. I taught you this during the covenant series. In the old covenant, the language is, you shall not worship any God. You shall not do this. You shall not do this. You shall not do this. The emphasis was on the you. You. In the new covenant, it changes to I. I will embed the laws. So the day you become born again, whether you are a baby, a young man, or an adult, the word of God is... Now, listen, this is, this is very important. Because today, some people are still telling people that you must obey the Ten Commandments. And they will explain to you to a point, eh, you will believe. There's been a switch from the times where we have to the thing was on us you, he said thou shall not thou means you you shall not worship any god but me, you shall not call the name of the lord in vain you shall not commit adultery you shall not, you, you shall you, 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 you so now the one that is is in trouble the one that is on the, uh, on the spot under the spotlight is you but during the new covenant, he took the light from you and put on himself. So see, if he fails to do it, his integrity is on the line. If I am not loyal, can you see that? Because now he has taken my place from the you to the I. The one that is expecting me to do says I will do it on your behalf. Can you see that? The one that gave you 25 clothes to, to wash came back and said, let me do the washing. That's what it means. I will be their loyal God. Can you see the word loyal? And they will be my loyal people. Okay. And the rest of this will be, will be that everyone will know me as Lord. 
Is it strange? Ye have an unction from the most from the Holy One, and ye know all things. So you see, he said this not as a fan. God doesn't promise and not, not deliver. So when he's saying that you will everybody will know him. Okay, understand this. Even before Christianity came, people knew there was a God. Because Romans chapter 1, verse 20, 21, 22, we look at that, told you that he has put his knowledge in the heart of men, in their conscience, in their intuition. So whether we preach to you or not, you know there is a God. But that was a different matter. Here we are talking about knowing the Lord. Huh? He didn't say knowing God. Read. They will know me as Jesus. Because the word here is Yahweh. And you know Yahweh is Jesus concealed. So if they will know him. Then he said there will be no need at all to teach their fellow citizens or brothers saying you should know Yahweh. Because one of the packages, one of the benefits you receive when you become born again is the anointing. And the anointing makes you know all things. The anointing makes you know Jesus. Since everyone will know me where? Since everyone will know me where? In what? I told you two kinds of knowing. The first one is what? Oh, guys. Subjective and objective knowing. Hey, guys. You must understand, there are two kinds of knowing. You can know God subjectively and you must know God objectively. Now here he says, you see, if he said, for everyone will know me inwardly. Which kind of, which one is this? Objective or subjective? Huh? <laughs> is this subjective? After knowing God inside, then you must know him outside. That's where fellowship happens. So you see, God is in you, but you don't know him. The day this scripture comes, comes to life, greater is he that is in me. The day you strengthen your work with the Holy Ghost, you will appreciate that scripture. You will really, really, really appreciate that scripture. I never understood it until I decided to have a very strong relationship with him. Because we used to say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater... And the more you say, the more things begin to things continue to happen to you. Then it's like it's as if that word you are quoting, maybe you don't have some kind of power. Because you see, subjectively, the greater one is in you. But objectively, you must learn to work with the greater one. That is what it is. He said, You will know me inwardly. Cyber so will say, ah, then if we will know him in worldly, then we won't go to church again because we know him. But all these gatherings is to train you to know him objectively. You learn to fellowship with him. You learn to talk to him. You learn to pray with him. Then you realize that all the things that you, see, the point is that you already know him. 
inside. But you must experience your knowledge. You must experience the inward knowledge on the outside. Otherwise, Christianity will be like a, like a wind. That's what I'm saying. When you go to work, you don't take it there. He said, from the most unlikely to the most distinguished. Meaning to the lowest person, to the highest person. Every one of them will receive the same. Listen. Everyone. So he's not, he's not partial. Yes, to say that, okay, this guy is a distinguished person. So I'll make him know me more. I'll put more of my information in him. And the least one, I'll put less information. No. Everybody has received this inward knowledge. This subjective knowledge. The same level. But how I experience him is as a result of my fellowship with him. And I told you yesterday, you cannot fellowship with Jesus if you don't know how to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus wants you to fellowship. We have been called unto that fellowship. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.9 I showed you yesterday. The Bible says that God is light. And was saying that, you know, when we love, we are in the same light, etc. As he that is in the light. He said, if we do, then we have fellowship with one another. And we have fellowship with God. But the truth is that, fellowship is not a spiritual thing. Fellowship is an action. It's, it's, it's one-on-one. The reason why, assuming you are, you're, you're, if, if you are married, or you let married here is different. When you are dating and the person is in abroad, you are here. You can't fellowship properly. I'm not talking about sex. Fellowship is not sex. Like talk, like walk together, go and buy toffee. You know, all those unnecessary things. But it's 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 August. Some people don't come to church because of fellowship. Because they must, they must go and buy something together. But by the time they finish, they are coming back. Time call. You know. <laughs> imagine, imagine we are in the same car. We only come, we close, we go home. We don't talk. I see you, but there's nothing between us. Can you see that? There's no fellowship. Koinonia. That's the word koinonia. Fellowship. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit is saying that Jesus is longing for fellowship. Look at it. Jesus is, that's the word, intimacy. Jesus is longing for intimacy. God is faithful. By whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I told you that this statement is a legal statement. So, you have been called unto fellowship with his son. But the question is, do you have an experiential knowledge of fellowship? That's it. You can, so, you have been called by legal. When you married your husband, in the eyes of witnesses, you sign a document showing that now you are one with your husband, isn't it? Now, you fellowship together, isn't it? Imagine you went home 
and he was sleeping in one room. You are sleeping in one room. He cooks his food. You cook your food. Your talking partner is your mobile phone. His so legally, when everybody sees the marriage certificate, they think that, oh, Charlie, we are enjoying the benefits of marriage. But physically, we are not. Do you get it? You must understand that the Bible is replete of legal statements. So this is one of them. He says, you have been called unto fellowship. So what? So it's in your mind, I've been called unto fellowship. No. You fellowship. Jesus is seeking fellowship. Then, in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, when he was talking to you about the, um, the attributions, he attributed grace to Jesus. He attributed love to God. And he attributed fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's the one that is here on earth that can fellowship with you. So you see, as you are fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, you are fellowshipping with the Father. As you are fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, you are fellowshipping with Jesus. So when somebody says, I saw a vision of Jesus in our meeting, it's not Jesus himself that came. It was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because Jesus is sitting in heaven. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring him. So he's here in the Holy Ghost. That is why everybody can see. Sorry, only one person might have seen him. And the rest will not see him. Have a lifestyle of fellowship and see. Don't worry, I'm, I'm almost done. Go on. Hebrews. Alright. We are not here. Because she flew in. Okay. Then he said, For I will demonstrate my mercy to them. And I will forgive their evil deeds. And never remember again their sins. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. And ne never remember their sins again. Now, the word forgive here is the word atone. That's what I explained to you. That when he went to heaven, he atoned. You must understand the word atonement. In chapter 9, he began to explain, you know, in all the, the courtes of the temple, what happens on the outside, what happens on the inside, and what happens in the holiest of holies. And you will see Jesus everywhere. So you must understand these things. You must understand atonement. You must understand propitiation. He is our propitiation. He is our atonement. He atoned for our sins. And he said, I will never remember again their sins. So if the devil begins to now bring your sin before you, it is out of line. It's not legal. So you must put him on legal ground. You must do that. Now, remember, this is the covenant. It's part of the content of the covenant. 
And in the covenant, he says, I will. I will. Now, remember, the covenant here has not been enforced yet. Because the testator had not died. So, so this was a will. I don't know why he kept saying, I will, I will. But it was a will that he willed. So he willed the will. And these are the content. Have you seen a will before? He is our testator. He has left everything for us. But it doesn't automatically happen. You must understand the modus operandi around how to take what has been willed for you. But first of all, you don't understand the will. You don't even know he has left something. That's why you keep praying, Father, I want this, I want this. Ask yourself, this is that I want. Is it part of the will? If it is part of the will, why do I need to spend time praying? When the thing has already been willed to me. So you see, if you understand the will, you don't struggle in a lot of areas like they struggled. He said, for I will demonstrate my message to them and I will forgive their deeds and remember their sins no more. This is one of the will. Content of the will. So when somebody tells me uh, sinners will not go, you don't even consider yourself as one. Because the will you received is that he will never remember sin any longer. So if somebody says that he sees you as a sinner and blah, blah, blah. Reason why I can teach boldly to believers and tell you that even when you sin today, you have made it to heaven. Those without knowledge will argue because they look at it in the eyes of the Old Testament. But you must look. Then stop reading the New Testament. Stop reading the new will. So you are reading a new will, you don't believe the content of the will. So why are you reading it? Throw it away and go for the old one. Can you see that? Look at it. I'm not the one saying it. I will forget their evil deeds, their actions. The people have not sinned yet. They haven't done the sinning. But he said he will forgive. He said I will. Meaning he's anticipating that the people will do something. But he says when they do, I will forgive them. And I will not remember. You too, you are now the, the owner of, I mean, you are now the owner of the will. In fact, the beneficiary of the will. And you're allowing somebody to say that this will doesn't work. Who signed the will? Enjoy your grace life. Even though God said, don't abuse the freedom. But enjoy the life. There are little things you must stop worrying yourself about. Like things like this. See, when you keep on sinning, there is a consequence for you. But this consequence does not take you from heaven. It is something you will suffer here on the earth. Because you led yourself into. But is God going to hold me responsible and cut me off heaven? No. He says, look, this covenant is different from the old one. Here, hold me responsible. You are sleeping. How will you remember covenant? The man that has received the statement of the covenant is in health. He's in health. He doesn't get sick today, sick tomorrow. Sick today, sick tomorrow. That is not part of the covenant. This was what was happening to the people of old. So when they are sick, he will send forth his word 
to heal their diseases. But in our time, is the statement is different. The word he has been sending, he sent to come and heal them, is where we came from. And that same word has been embedded in us. But you don't know, you will. And you will treat sickness as part of life. It is not part of the life of the, of the, new, of the beneficiary. It's not. If today you are still worrying about money, huh? if today you still worry about money, you are disgracing God to the core. Because wealth is part of the covenant. He told you that he became poor, that through his death, you might become rich. You see, that is a legal statement. That is subjective. You must objectively enjoy that statement because it's part of the covenant. He's giving you an idea that this is your life. So what do you do? You start going into the scriptures to find out how to unlock that thing. Because if we bring a will and we come and read here, you must go to the court and do some signing and so on and so forth before they release it to you. They will not give it to you because they have read the will. So the, the fact that Jesus, the testator, has given us a will, does not mean automatically. You need his word to show you how to sign the document and take it. I think it's the last verse, right? This proves that by establishing this new covenant, the first is now obsolete. The time where he remembers our sins. The times when we are sick today, he will come and he sent forth, you know, a, a healing in our wings. You know, oh. You know, there's a song like that. Healing in his wings. So you are expecting to be sick. So that he will send forth healing in his wings. That is not the born again. Because he has already put healing inside of you. Don't you understand? The day you change your mind, eh, you will understand this. And the highest of them is communion. The highest of them is communion. If I don't give you communion here, nobody stops you from eating communion at home. Nobody asks you to eat communion at home. It's got, because the Bible didn't say eat communion every month. Or in church. It says as often as you do this. As often. You can do it every day. You can do it 20 times in a day. Every day your body gets sick. Don't you understand that you must take hold of your covenant right? Didn't you hear what he said about communion? He said drink. This is my blood that contains the new testament. This is my blood that contains the new covenant. And you are sick. Tomorrow sick. Tomorrow sick. Tomorrow sick. You are a disgrace to Christianity. Every woman during the month, of the, the month they, are, they are in pain. You too are part of them. Really? Really? What, can, what, do you, what is inside of you? You see, subjectively, you have it inside. But objectively, you are not experiencing it. Say, ready to expire and about to disappear. This is it. There is a covenant. There is a testament. The Bible is in twofold: the old will and the new will. 
Old Testament, that's what it means. And the Old Testament, the Bible says that one, it was there for just a short time. It said the law entered for a while. Romans 5.20. The law entered for a while, for a purpose. When it was done, it was cut off. This is not the original plan. But the original plan is what he told Abraham. And that is why today, Abraham was not in the New Testament. But today he says you share in the blessings. Because what Abraham had was the covenant which has been extended. The covenant you have today. The one Jesus came to fulfill. Don't you understand? He said, I will give the promise to your seed. Abraham's seed. So what God gave, the promise is different from the law. The promise was given 400 and something years before the law came. So God cannot cancel the law. Neither did the, law, the, the promise. Neither did the law come to, to, to negate the promise. Rather, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. TPT. So then, the law was introduced into. It was introduced. So it's not part of his plan. So imagine that this is God's plan running from here. So something happened in there. So God now introduced the law. So what has been introduced and is not part of the plan must be taken out. That is why the stone on the, at the tomb, when the time came, no man had to take it off. The power of the Holy Ghost opened it so that grace can come out. And now grace has come. Still, people are still praying that you must come out from your tomb. Then I want to ask, how deep is the tomb? Listen, understand your right. That, that, is the, that is the thing you can, that's the only thing you can know. Spend some time and understand your right. Understand what is the covenant. Okay, so the covenant is the cutting of, or the introduction of blood. Okay? Over a sacrifice. Jesus became that sacrifice. His blood came. Now, before a covenant is enacted, there is always statements, content of the covenant. Nobody just gets, a, a, gets up and, and establish a covenant. Yes, there must be reasons. There must be statements. Yes, is, that, is that okay? Yes, sir. When, you're, when, when we have a new president, there are certain things they make him say to swear to do. Yes. Having, he's having a covenant with the whole nation. That as I become your leader, this is what I am going to do. That is why we will hold him accountable if he breaks any of those terms of the covenant. You too, as born again, you must understand the covenant that Jesus en enacted with his father. Because Jesus was one party representing us and the father, the other party. And the same Jesus that was representing us was the same sacrifice. His blood was the perfect one for the covenant. And he is the same person and the, his blood is what the father was looking for. That's what mommy was talking about in Genesis chapter 15. When Abraham had to go through the, sac I mean the covenant, it wasn't Abraham himself that covenanted. It was the smoking what? And the what? The burning 
And I told you that the burning lamp was Christ. And the smoking furnace was the father. It came to replace, Abraham was sitting down there sleeping. That's what the Bible says. So Abraham didn't say anything to God. But God knew what he wanted to do. So Jesus came to stand in. Don't you get it? Jesus came to stand in for Abraham. That is why the same Jesus came to stand in for the world. Abraham was sitting down, but the covenant was ascribed to Abraham. That there's covenant between Abraham and God. But the truth is that it wasn't Abraham that enacted it. Abraham was the one that killed the animal and initiated the covenant. But the one that took the responsibility of the terms of the covenant was not Abraham. The one that took the responsibility was Jesus. That is who he is. He likes taking the responsibility. In the same vein, he has taken the responsibility that you were supposed to take. And he says, Father, these are the contents. They will be in healing, prosperity, all blessings, all favor, all grace, all this, all that, all this, all, you know, so you see, when you read your Bible, look out for the covenant terms. Otherwise, I'm sorry, close your Bible. Because when you read the New Testament, you, you are saying I'm reading, the, and you even ascribe it to yourself. We New, New Testament Christians. As if we have Old Testament Christians. Hmm? So you are saying New Testament. Then I ask you, who, who, what is New Testament? Ah, you know, the Bible is 66 pages. <laughs> the Old Testament is 30 what? And the New Testament is 20 something. That, that part, the 20, no. It starts from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So the half of the Bible. Then you say, oh, continue, I want to hear. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> but you must, it's a legal term. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You must know it. I'm, I'm sad you don't, you don't remember. It means you are not studying. How can you, how can you enjoy the juice? Please go back to your notes. Yes, this is what we used to do in, second, in the university and secondary school. So. When we give um, notes, we won't read all. We will sit down. Meanwhile, when they were teaching, you understood. But after two months, you don't remember a thing. Now you are going to worry God. God, this exam, don't let me fail. Don't let me fail. You know? <laughs> then you are praying all kinds of prayer. You are wasting God's ears. If you are studying every hand that was given, you will never forget them. My lecturer taught me one time. He said, every day, every, lie down and see if you can remember the first hand that you read. If you can't remember, he said, you have not studied. Go back to it. He said, go back to it. Thank you for listening to this message we believe you have been blessed by it we are word and spirit and we invite you to worship with us you will fall in love with our wednesday teaching service christian raymond night at 6 p.m encounter the supernatural in our prophetic service on friday at 6 p.m and sit under the reign of heaven in our frenesis service on sunday at 8 a.m Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-Eljedu, and on Instagram at Prophet Danny-Eljedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. To receive our weekly newsletters, please subscribe to www.pdgministries.org. 
you can contact Word and Spirit International on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-54937-7290 or plus 233-50432-8959 or plus 233-275100800. So many people have received testimonies by listening to these podcasts. Now, if you are one such person, share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or send it to us via email to contact pdgministries.org. You were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed. Victory.